Get ready to start your new morning ritual with our new sponsor, Mudwater. Coffee is one of America's favorite beverages, with more and more people starting their coffee habits every day with a cup of that flavorful anxiety juice. But let's be real. Have you ever heard anyone say, I'm working on getting more coffee into my life? Millions of people complain about the jitters that come from coffee consumption. Our morning coffee rituals can be habit-forming and, for some people, can make getting a good night's sleep almost impossible. And while nearly all of us like the smell, taste, and ritual of our morning coffee, why not explore eliminating the negative aspects of our morning brew? Well, what if your coffee replacement helped induce alertness, not dependency, improve mental capacity and function, improve physical stamina and performance, improve immunity and overall health. Oh, and by the way, it tastes good enough to drink every single day. Meet Mudwater. Mudwater is your fastest growing coffee alternative in the market, consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures both old and young for their health and performance benefits. With one-seventh the caffeine of coffee, Mud gives you the natural energy and focus you expect from coffee, but without the jitters and crash. With an organic blend of mushrooms and ingredients like cacao, marsala, chai, turmeric, lion's mane, and more, Mud Water offers a beverage like no other. Whether you want to enjoy it hot, cold, as a latte, or however you take your coffee in the morning, Mud Water is zero sugar, zero crash, zero jitter alternative, sure to leave you feeling recharged and refocused. Listen, I'm really excited to have Mud Water as a sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show because I've been able to see the Mud Water difference for myself, and you can too, so click the link in the show notes to get some mud, support the show, and get your new morning ritual started right with Mud Water. And now, onto the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At the Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on the Brian Nichols Show. I missed you on Wednesday, but... Thankfully, we had our good friend Brady Leonard on his amazing podcast, the No Gimmicks podcast, uh, to play interim host as I join him over on his program where we talked about the future of liberty. Is it going to be through the GOP, the Libertarian Party, or a combination of both? Yes, we dig into that and more, but folks, you are joining us here today for another phenomenal conversation with, yes, another phenomenal guest, and is a returning guest, and that is one Kenny Cody. He's the Cock County GOP chair, and he is joining the Brian Nichols Show today to discuss all the great work he's been doing over at the Daily Wire, Newsmax, and Town Hall, specifically focusing on two articles. What is the vision for the brand new GOP going forward? Will it be that of a new MAGA movement, or one maybe of that new patriot movement that, uh, President Trump was discussing as he leaves the White House here this past Wednesday. So Kenny joins the show to discuss just that. What is the path forward for the GOP? We discuss all that and more. So without further ado, on to the show. Kenny Cody returning to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian, we're having a good conversation today, buddy. I mean, I know we had a little bit of audio difficulties last time, but uh, maybe more timely and a little bit more stuff to reflect on. So I'm excited to have the conversation. Kenny, here's the dirty, rotten secret, right? Is that when you are running around with your head cut off, like I often do, um, you don't sometimes pay attention to the, the fine details, i.e. I plugged in a, a headset into my laptop to hear you and our conversation, not realizing that my audio software decided that um, it was going to start recording 
my headset and not you. And I was like, of course, that's how it works. Because, you know, Kenny, candidly, we had a phenomenal conversation. Uh, you know, we were discussing two of your uh, new amazing articles that you wrote over at Newsmax and over at Town Hall. And I was, you know, saying last time we were speaking, my goodness, my, my man, since we last really had you on the show, you've been so busy. You, you're now over at the Daily Wire. Um, Kenny, there's been a lot been going on behind the scenes since we last spoke in, in your life, but also a lot uh, happening on stage, right? Talking about the political theater. So talk to me, right? What's been going on, obviously, in your life as you've been uh, writing for uh, all these great publications? But number two, um, and kind of your perspective, what's been going on here in the world? You know, I think the uh, the atmosphere is really strange right now. The GOP as law has uh, not in control of any of the three main houses of, of legislative government. They're not in the, in the presidency. They're not in the uh, House or the Senate. So GOP is really confused where it's going to go at this point. Um, I, I was telling somebody the other day, it is really hard to replicate a movement, right? It's really hard to replicate the Tea Party movement. It's really hard to replicate the, the MAGA movement. So my suggestion, as uh, you've, you've probably read both of my articles for, for Newsmax and townhall.com, it's come out the last two weeks. Um, I advocate for a combination of both. Um, you know, I, th- I think the old guard GOP knows how to win elections. Um, they've been there for so long. People like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and others, have, they, they both dominated the past primaries, know how to campaign and know how to win. Um, however, I think the new guard GOP, if we want to call them that, the MAGA base or the T or the new Tea Party base, Tea Party 2.0, however you want to phrase that, they know how to appeal to voters that aren't traditionally Republican, right? So, there, it takes a combination of a philosophy of knowing how to win with adopting these new policies the GOP has adopted the last four years, like criminal justice reform, anti-interventionalism, um, advocacy for small businesses, uh, advocating for small government and fighting back against these uh, sort of fascist types of uh, government control of the citizenry. You know, these are all things that we have learned the last four years really appeal to the general public and really appeal to, to the independent base. So I think that going forward, especially for 2022, we need to have the same mindset that we went to in 2010 and even 2018. You know, the MAGA base, uh, or 2016, my, my apologies, and 2018, if you want to talk about how the progressive movement took back that to the House in uh, uh, the midterm of President Trump's era when they when the Nancy Pelosi got the speakership and they got majority in the House, a predominantly uh, strong majority in the House in 2018. Um, but we have prior opportunity right now. We need to find our identity, and I think that's the problem that a lot of the oligarch GOP is having is knowing how to not lose the base. I think Rand Paul came up with a great argument this past week. That I think an impeachment trial would be very difficult uh, to complete and would probably alienate a lot of the base. And not to say that um, that there isn't 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 a, a lot of Republicans in the Senate that probably do think that uh, President Trump needs to be indicted. I personally don't, but I think there's a problem where you don't need to alienate the, the people who got you in power in the first place. And and that that's not because of anything moral wise. It is very hard to say, you know, we put you in these positions and now you're going to go against the majority of people who voted for you. That put you, We trust you to, to represent us in the Senate and in the House, um, and now you're going against our wishes. You know, there's reasons called representative government. You know, you, I mean, a lot, I, mean I, know, I know a lot of the time people are going to make votes that the, their constituency doesn't necessarily agree with, but to go something against something that's entirely against the, the, the uh, philosophy uh, of these districts and these states, is, it's not wise, as Paul said. And, and if, if, if I kind of take Rand Paul's word for gospel uh, since he's the maverick of the Senate, it seems like. So um, I, I agree with, with Paul. Um, there needs to be some movement going forward. There needs, we need, but we need energy. 
energy and we need strategy. And I think strategy comes from how we've won elections in the past, how, how Mitch McConnell, you know, defended uh, a lot of his Senate majority. I mean, we were projected to lose a lot more seats than we did, even though we are technically lost our majority because of the vice president of Kamala Harris being the president. But um, I think there's a complicated problem of an identity crisis that we need going forward. But I think it's going to take the energy of the Mago base along with the, with the strategic uh, uh, way to win elections that the old guard has. And it's going to take a combination of both to win in 2022, 2024. You know, maybe, Kenny, just maybe our conversation not recording last time was a blessing in disguise because something came up over the past week that actually is very topical to this conversation. And that is that President Trump was saying, well, maybe, just maybe, I'll go ahead and explore a third party. And that would be a patriot party um, as an alternative if the GOP does, in fact, kind of take this this approach in supporting uh, an indictment of the of uh, you know former President Trump. And and it's interesting, right? Because now I think you would see a large group of supporters who they're not really beholden to a principle so much as they are to a person that they would jump ship. And I think that would only embolden the left, right? You you would now have a, a fractionalized, more liberty-oriented, and I'm, I'm not even trying to say that the entire MAGA crowd is liberty-oriented, but there are folks in there who have liberty sentiments, and now you're fractionalizing that coalition to three different groups, and it's going to be very three different groups. And, and I think that's going to only hurt our chances of actually getting some, some you know, pro-liberty things moving forward. So I guess to your point, right? Looking at that base, it is important to to not lose that base if you are the GOP um, to what could be a threatening alternative third party beyond just the uh, the Libertarian Party. Yeah, so I think that there is a significant argument for for that because I I, I think that's one of the reasons that that Trump has stayed quiet and try not to um, alienate anybody and try not to really spend, it's not, I mean, even in his inauguration speech, and it, it is not inauguration, but the day of the inauguration speech and his, his farewell speech, you notice he didn't really say anything about, you know, against Republicans, against Mike Pence, against the Senate or anything like that, because I know he think, he wants to be involved in the, in the Republican Party. Yeah. Um, but necessarily, if I was President Trump and, and the Republicans in the Senate, you know, indicted me, it, it would take 18 basically because Manchin already said he's not going to vote for impeachment. It would take 18 Republican deferments for um, for him to be convicted. And here's the reason why uh, that, I, that I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, just as an own philosophy of mine, if, and, and it's a lot of what you said and, and splitting the the liberty oriented mindset of, of Republicans, conservatives, and libertarians up into actually three different groups, and that's going to be really difficult. Um, but here's the reason why. Um, I, I'm a student of Tennessee history. I'm a, I'm a student of, of, of government history here in Tennessee. And the only man to ever be impeached outside the office after they left office was uh, East Tennessee's own William Blunt. So in 1799, William Blunt was uh, impeached in the House, right, after he left the Senate. He was, I think he was actually trying to start his own country at, at, at a time in, in, uh, in the 1700s. And, you know, he got to pitch in the House and his, his articles of impeachment were sent to the Senate. So the Senate had to decide, OK, so how do we if we're going to hold an impeachment trial, how do we impeach him? So the, the text of the Constitution, when it discusses impeachment um, and how the House rules and rules and all that kind of that kind of stuff, um, it discusses the discretion of, you know, elected officers, um, elected officials and what's, what's a thing called civil officers. So the Senate had to have its own separate resolution to where they defined it, whether whether or whether to not define William Blunt as a civil officer. 
and uh, and about from 14 to uh, 14 to 11, they did not find him to be a civil officer. So to me, and moving forward with, with President Biden's administration and moving forward with the Democratic majority in the House and the Senate, I personally don't believe they're going to go through that. Um, because if they tried to impeach Trump without a justification of the, of the Constitution, um, they pretty much have to have two separate trials. And I don't believe, even if, if there were Republican senators that found Trump to be guilty of, of impeachment, I really doubt because of the constitutional lawyers uh, of the base that we have, like Ted Cruz and others, that we have in, in, in the uh, Republican majority in the Senate, I don't believe they would find him to be a civil officer. So uh, if that doesn't happen, I don't necessarily believe there will be a third party. Um, but what Trump can do is create a Patriot Party movement in the same way the Tea Party movement uh, manifested in 2010. And I think that's a good movement. I, I, I really do. I mean, if you look at the approval ratings nationally for this sort of old neocon rhino movement of uh, people that are in, in current government and senators and congressmen, they have a low approval rating. I think Liz Cheney's already had a primary challenger in the last week. She should come out for impeachment. Um, so, I, I mean, I would be interested to see which, which, which Republican senators would actually go on record and say that they would be for the uh, – either for the civil officer definition of President, President Trump or, and or the impeachment. Um, but I, I do think Trump's going to have a, a huge influence over the party for the next four years, whether people like it or not. Um, you know, a lot of never-Trumpers and you know, a lot of people who didn't vote for Donald Trump that were Republicans were kind of looking forward to this time. But the problem about it is – is regardless of when Trump left office, whether that was going to be in 2028 or 2024, or I'm sorry, 2020 or 2024, um, he was always always going to have an influence. He was all he had a plan when he lost. He had a plan that he is going to try to primary. I mean, he's going to have an influence regardless. Um, so I, I believe that it is the best plan going forward to not create create that that third party. Um, I had an argument with somebody the other day. Uh, I actually used the Libertarian Party as, as an example. Um, a third party that has been started in 2020 is not going to have an impact when there's been two other third parties that have had an impact for the last you know, 20, 30, 45 years. Um, if they don't had an impact the last few years when we've, we've had options on the table like in 2016 where we had two of the most unpopular candidates of all time and third parties are only able to garner around 3% of the vote at most in 2016 with Jerry, Jerry Johnson, a Patriot Party is not going to have the same impact except losing Republicans' elections to Democrats. Um, so that's not anything against – and we've had this conversation before about third parties. Um, I think it's going to be a movement uh, I, I, in my personal prediction. I don't believe it's going to be a, an actual third party, registered third party. Now, there, you might have people that run on the Patriot Party platform and states that allow you know part, third party registration and stuff like that. You might have that happen. Um, but national, on a national basis for a activism and advocacy, I, I, I believe that the Patriot Party is going to be a sort of movement. And it, if it may need to be the movement like I've, I've been advocating for. I hope it is. I hope it's a combination of um, libertarianism with a, a sense of populism. Uh, you know, I think that's the, like we've discussed before on the last time I appeared on it on the show. Um, I think that's the best path going forward is advocating for policies, but being able to let people know that libertarianism is the way they really think when they really think about political philosophy. Most people are libertarians in some sort of a personal philosophy and political philosophy. I, I really believe that if we're able to let people know in pretty much simple terms like Trump did in 2016 is the reason he won, he was able to speak in layman's terms. 
Um, and, I, and I think doing that for the libertarian movement and the, and the liberty movement going forward is the way the Patriot Party is going to win elections in, in 2022. And like I said, it's going to be a movement step of third party. Yeah, and, and you actually you touched on something that Trump did that, yes, libertarians can learn from. It is talking like a normal person. And, and actually, Trump got made fun of a lot by the, the, the ruling political elite class because of the way that he does speak. And, and yeah, it's very, you know, very elementary. And, and that's fine. But that's actually kind of to Trump's appeal that you know he's able to be understood by pretty much anyone and and that's the point and that's something that we need to get better at in the liberty movement by and large we can't just throw books at people and expect them to become libertarians overnight that's not how it works we actually have to make it so it's easier to to understand i mean your average person i forget what the actual um grade level is but i think the grade level is like somewhere like a fourth or third grade reading level and like we're coming in talking about the non-aggression principle do you think that your average person is gonna at all have any idea what the heck we're talking about of course not right so it is important that we we talk uh you know and you're you're referring to like populism but i'd almost say like a populist language and and it is this common language that language that is easier to be understood and to the point that i think you're making as well with this idea of a patriot party right it would be um if it was a, or not even a party but a movement trying to find people who aren't your traditional voter and and that's something i think both the you know the democrats and republicans and libertarians and heck any party out there they are trying to do is not just reach you know if you're a traditional red or blue voter trying to get you to switch sides because that's going to be hard that's you know like think about if you, if from a sales perspective if you're going into a company and you have a, a trusted vendor that you're competing against well you're instantly going to have a, a more of a challenge because now you have to you know show areas that vendor is weaker um and show areas where you can build more trust and and if they're already you know if, if it's one of those situations where the, the ceo is the you know best friends with the ceo of the the vendor that you're competing against you're going to in for a bad time so how about this let's look for companies that are just looking for you know uh you know maybe an opportunity to start fresh they don't have an existing vendor and who's that in the political world though like, oh, that's the independents right that's the the non um you know maybe the more apathetic folks out there when it comes to politics they kind of just go along to get along because they are to your point in this mindset of well don't hurt people and don't take their stuff that's that's how we live right and and if we're able to communicate to people in that regards, hitting them on that kind of easy to understand populist speaking method, right? And and it's not the message, but rather the means of communicating that message, then I think, right, we're going to be able to hopefully bring more people into the movement or at the very least ask some more questions. And then we've at the very least started to do our job. (laughs) Well, and I think that's, and one thing I've noticed, and I've tried to make this discretion when I talk to people, um, I have discussed the liberty, libertarian mindset before. When I when I try to explain my people to people what my mindset is, I say, well, I'm I'm libertarian thinking. I don't necessarily say I'm a libertarian, but I'm I'm definitely libertarian leaning and thinking. And a lot of the time, if you don't go further than that, they look at what the what the letters and what libertarian says, right? And when they set then when they look at those first about four or five letters, when they say liberal or liber. They like, oh, so you're a liberal, you know, so you're a leftist, so you're a Democrat. I mean, that's and, and that's not that, that's that's understandable. I mean, it's, it's sort of like when I have changed my language over calling people liberals or stupid liberals. You know, you know what's, what's that phrase? Matthew Madison Cawthorn used cry more lib. Like I, I try to diver, de- deter away from that language solely because liberal to me means something different than leftist means to me. 
Liberal means that they advocate for stuff like civil rights, social issues, stuff like that, that I can have a conversation with. But leftism to me is an entirely different animal, and I think it's what a lot of the Democrat Party is consumed by at this point. It is a mindset of cancel culture. It's a mindset of uh, social prog progressivism. Um, democratic socialism, and that, that's what I think of, and that's what I think what the current Democrat Party advocates for. When I think liberal, I, I mean, technically, in philosophical terms, I am a classical liberal in the, in, in the way that libertarianism and conservatism derives from. People don't realize that conservatism comes from classical liberalism, Jeffersonian republicanism, like Thomas Jefferson talks about, um, or Thomas Jefferson, the philosophy that Thomas Jefferson advocated for when he was president, secretary of state, and all that kind of stuff. Um, we base our philosophies off of uh, classical liberalism in, in that as long as the government isn't bothering me uh, and I'm not committing violence upon another individual, then everything is fine. You know, And I think that that is where the misunderstanding comes and where we need layman's terms is to properly explain what our philosophy is. And if you ask people, do you love like higher taxes? No. Do you think that the government should be able to take your guns away? No. Do you believe the government should mandate things that uh, that you have that you have control over? No. And so if you if you go through these almost survey like questions and put them in layman's terms, as Trump did, people like you said, a lot of people like educators especially. I work in the educational field. A lot of people are upset that Trump almost decre decreased the amount of, um, I guess we'll call it highly level educated speeches. Um, a lot of people got mad at that, right? But but the the problem is is that's why he won. It's because he can speak in layman's terms. Most people are not me and you, are not people who write for the websites I write for, are not people who are involved in the Republican Party. Most voters are independent, and most voters do not, are are not political nerds. I am a political nerd. I understand the political philosophy behind it. But when somebody gets up there and goes, you know, what are you going to do about blank blank blank? Well, I'm going to fix blank blank blank, and that's it. That's all people anybody needs to hear to, to vote for things like that. But when you start going into, you know, how are you going to fix health care? Well, we've got to make sure the, that these these corporations are going to do blah, blah, blah. We've got to make sure that, that we raise taxes on corporate. People don't understand. Most people don't understand that. And that, that's not anything against them. You know, I don't understand the, the specifics of a basketball play. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy to watch basketball. And I, just because I don't know what a 3-2 defense is going to consist of doesn't mean that I, I don't want, like to watch the Tennessee Volunteers play on the SEC Network. I still like to watch, and people still have to watch politics, but it doesn't mean that they're dumb. It doesn't mean that they are you know, less, high, less educated. It just means that they enjoy something that they don't know the specifics of, and I think that's where most voters lie. It's where a lot of voters are, lie. Like, like I talk to people all the time. They, they ask me, explain this to me, and I'm like, okay. And once you explain it to them, they understand it. But you've got to put it in layman's terms. And I think that's something that Trump did to influence the Republican movement and the and the conservative movement is don't talk over people's heads. You know, I, I, when I ask, I have friends that are coaches. When I ask them why they that they lost the game, they don't tell me. Well, because this this person was you know held to a you know some some percentage of efficiency efficiency percentage like that. They don't explain it that way to me. They explain well they double teamed him. That's why he shot less efficiently. I got that. Perfect. I understand what 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 why it happened, but I'm not going to ask anybody about you know those specifics. That's something that I do enjoy. So I think that what Trump did was put politics in layman's terms. And I think that's the way going forward is not taught because I, I, don't, I don't, and you say there's a problem with the libertarian movement and the libertarian party movement 
is this purist mindset. Like if you don't understand it, you're dumb. If you don't, you know, interpret it my way or my way or the highway, you're dumb and you're a statist or whatever. People don't even know what status is, man. People don't even know. There's Republican statism and Democrat statism. People don't even know what statism is. So let's move away forward to ask questions. And I, I, and if your answer comes out to be about eight out of 10 of, of a libertarian survey, then we, we have a, we have a, a, a Patriot party member that we can use going forward and, and primary these Republicans and being these Democrats who are advocating for big government. And that's what we need to do going forward. That's where, that's where the GOP is going to go. That's where I think it needs to go. Um, it takes strategic mindsets. It takes a populist mindset and the way everybody hates populism, right? Everybody, when, when you hear populism, you're like, oh, it's a racist, misogynistic, blah, blah, blah. You're just using things that, you know, are, are, are plain. Well, yeah, uh, in, in a way I am using layman's terms so I can make sure that my movement is understood and people aren't going to vote for me just because I'm trying to talk over their heads. You know, I, I, I do think that's the plan going forward. And if the GOP once away, then you've got to talk like Bernie Sanders, and you've got to talk like Donald Trump. You've got to advocate for policies just, just the same way they have. That you know, Bernie gets out there and says, "I want tuition forgiven, I want universal health care, I want weeds legalized, and that's my platform." No wonder he that he, he came close in the primaries both times. There's no wonder. Of course, almost everybody wants free health care. Everybody wants free tuition. Everybody wants. You know, you know, most people want weed legalized. You know, these these are these are things that people have a very high understanding of, and it sounds simple. It sounds like, oh, well, he can just get in there and do that. He can sign his executive orders, make it happen as soon as he gets in office. That's the reason that Bernie has a huge influence on the progressive movement is because he advocates for things that are simple. Don't talk over people's heads and don't talk about a corporate tax rate. Don't, don't, don't talk about you know eliminating income tax and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm for eliminating income tax, but let's let's concentrate on things that are popular, things we can actually get done, and things that we can campaign on. Let's not just concentrate on on, on you know these very specific policy details that just go over people's heads. Yeah, and it's going to be very specific. It, it, so, like to your point, if you're talking about hyper specific things, well, please make sure that the hyper specific thing is actually like a hot button issue for your area, right? So, like, right. If, if for example, you wanted to talk about eminent domain, let's say, um, you know, there's there's a government uh, entity trying to take over a driveway. I don't know a driveway of someone, and um, they're saying we're gonna do it, you know, for eminent domain, and you are the crazy libertarian in the town. And you know that you have the right answer on eminent domain and the Republican and Democratic candidates aren't speaking up. Well, be that candidate, be the candidate who is going to be the, the, you know, the, the crazy libertarian, but make eminent domain the issue because that's the issue that people will empathize with and understand because it's impacting them in their, their, you know, circle of not only just their circle of life, but you know, their communities and so forth. So we, we do have a chance then to apply sometimes these hard to understand abstract principles to real life. And once we're able to tie that, that bond and show the, the connection and then that light bulb goes on. Right. And, and to the point that you were saying earlier, right. When you, when you have somebody actually say to you, can you explain to me? It requires us to get them to first ask the question, can you explain to me? And how do we do that? We do that through piquing interest. We don't do that by lecturing them to death or, or you know, good ideaing them to death. It, we do it by showing them that we have value in solutions that we're offering. But we do that by also asking questions to figure out what are the real issues that people care about. And once we figure out those real issues, that's where we can divert the conversation more towards what 
again, is actually the hot button issue and make them actually look at us as, hey, these guys aren't these these crazy folks out there who just talk in Facebook groups all day. They actually have solutions that are solving the problems that are impacting me and my family, my community, so on and so forth. So, I mean, obviously, Kenny, there I, I have to say this now because we are approaching now the inevitable, right? President Joe Biden, he's, he's in office. And I got to ask you, right, as a Republican, I'm sure... It's a time of uncertainty, all right? And I, I'm sure you feel much like I felt back in 2008 when, when President Obama won, um, you know, a great deal of uncertainty. And there was a lot that transpired from 2008 to 2016, both, you know, for, for bad, but also for, for the better. You know, we had movements that, that led to leaders like, you know, Thomas Massey and Justin Amash and, and Rand Paul, Mike Lee, uh, you know, and, and even folks like Ted Cruz, Ben Sass, and so forth. So, I would, I would ask you, right, looking at where we are in 2021, uh, you know, we're just day one <laughs> into uh, the, the presidency of Joe Biden as we sit here and record on the 21st, and this is airing this Friday. So where do you kind of see um, you know, us going over the next four years, both in terms of the negatives, obviously, because it'll be easy to pick some negatives, but let's also try to focus on some positives where, as a greater liberty movement, we can maybe get some wins during a Biden presidency. When when you have a um, when you have a, a opposition in right, especially when they control all three houses, there is a movement that goes on in states, and where we win is in states. We win through federalism. We win through state legislators being taken taken over by Republicans. New Hampshire just went Republican in their state legislators, which is a traditionally a Democratic um, ran state, right? They have, they have uh, Democratic representatives in, in Congress. They have Democratic senators, but yet there's their state houses that can reject these federal policies and make their own state policies are changed. So I think that's where you have these wins. It's, it's where, you know, Republicans didn't lose a single house race for incumbents the entire election. People are forgetting that, you know, yes, we, yes, we, we lost Georgia, you know, G- Georgia had less participation in a runoff in a strange runoff election because they run their elections really weird. I hate runoff elections. Just, just, just not just an example from Georgia. I hate runoff elections, period. But, you know, people really are trying to, you know, to stomp on Republicans' guts because they lost the Georgia elections, because they lost the Senate, because they lost the presidency. But they're not paying attention to the most centralized and spread out house and the most represent, representative house in all of, in all of federal, the federal government in the House of Representatives. And that's so important because if you look at the toss-ups or swing races in, in, in the 2020 House elections, Republicans did not lose one toss-up. They didn't lose one incumbent House race or anything. Democrats still kept major- a very slim majority, but in the most most representative part of government, the most absolute, most representative of population that we have in representing population, representing philosophy and things of that sort, Republicans did well. That's what we have to build off of. We have to try to win the House back in 2022. So this is how you fight back. State legislators need to need to pass laws as soon as possible to you know pass things like constitutional carry, pass things like against gun confiscation, pass things like their own health care system, state state department, state government health care systems being ran to reject things like universal health care. Um, Pennsylvania, Michigan need to need to protect their fracking industries to make sure that. There's no ban that can happen or they're going to kill their economies and lose those states in, in, in four years. And if they do pass anything that bans fracking, make sure they have something to go off of that they can survive and in four years so we can overturn that ban. Um, there's just a lot of different policies that people are going to have to really look at and make sure that they're advocating for in their states. It isn't the end of the world. OK, um, people, 
are very discouraged right now, especially Republicans, especially people people that are very infiltrated into MAGA. They're very disappointed because their guys out. They're very disappointed. The people that the person that got them into politics is now out of office. Um, so it is it is discouraging. I'm not going to lie. I, I was very discouraged on, on on election night. I was discouraged the week afterwards, the month afterwards, <laughs> today. I'm I'm still discouraged in in, in ways, and I'm not going to lie about that. But you know, there are positives that you can build off on, and you have to. You have got to, to build off positives. That's the only way that we, we can win. That's the only way we can get the policies we want passed. It's the only way we can get lower taxes, anti-interventionalism, criminal justice reform. Um, Keep industries and, and keep government and federal government out of banning industries like fracking, uh, shutting down small businesses. There's just so many things that we need to advocate for the next few years. And where that begins is being active in your local GOP parties, being active for uh, policy uh, policy advocation, uh, policy advocacy. You know, you see so many uh, organizations like Americans for Prosperity uh, going out there and advocating for specific policies like civil asset forfeiture, lower taxes, stuff like that. You know, those are the important. Though that's where activism comes into play and where we need to see energy. Um, and, and, and local elections are very important. Here in Cock County, in two years, we're going to have local elections. That affects your life more than any president, any senator, or any congressman ever will. People, people that, such as your mayor, your trustee, your sheriff, that impacts your life. The federal government can have, doesn't have to have any impact as long as you elect the right people around you. And that's what a lot of cities are having trouble with is their mayors are crazy. So make sure if, if, you, if you live in a left-leaning town, if you leave, live in a, in a left-leaning area, make sure that you have the right amount of candidates that are advocating for liberty, that are advocating and, and make sure that you are appealing to voters that understand your perspective. Because I don't care what anybody says about California, you know, it's, it's liberal cities, whatever. If you're able to talk to people and able to go out and campaign, it can always change. There isn't an unwinnable election. There isn't an unwinnable policy. You have to go out and advocate. And and, and that's and I, I I speak from a, a high horse almost because I live in such a, a predominantly Republican county or and Republican district. We we, we go a twenty for the Republican every single time. But I know people who do live in liberal areas now. You know, people like Washington D.C. <laughs> I can't really, I can't really. I don't know. I move out of D.C. I don't, I don't know. The ninety-five to five is is, is about targeted over, overcome. But you know, in there's so many upsets to happen. I mean, I mean, there's upsets to happen this past election. I mean, we we took we took around four California house house seats back. I mean, people are shifting. People are. We we are more, no more divided than we've ever been. Politically, you know, social media has inflamed it. Social media has changed people's opinions to where I think people think the country is more divided than it's ever been. And the Republican Party is, is as low as it's ever been. But we went through a resignation of a president. We have went through a civil war. We have went through the Great Depression. There are things that we have overcome that's worse than this. And people really need to keep their heads up. People need to, to be active and advocate for policies and candidates that they're passionate about. And if we do that, just like we did in 2010 to 2016, we are going to be fine. Kenny Cody, Cock County GOP chair. And you can find him over at Daily Wire, Town Hall, Newsmax, and other great right-leaning organizations. Kenny is always a uh, fantastic time to have a conversation. And thank goodness we were able to make sure we captured it this time, airing here on uh, on Friday the 22nd. As always, my friend, thank you so much for the work you're doing. And as always, folks, if you want to find out more about Kenny, I'll include all the links to uh, Kenny's work in the show notes. Kenny Cody, thanks for joining the Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it, brother. Before we wrap up, I want to tell you about an amazing new podcast. You longtime listeners of The Brian Nichols Show know him well, and that is one Brad Palumbo in his stellar new program, Breaking Boundaries. 
Join Brad as he interviews top writers, politicians, and thinkers from all across the political spectrum to give you a new perspective you won't find in the mainstream liberal media or right-wing echo chambers. From guests like Rand Paul to Glenn Greenwald, Brad is having conversations and focusing on issues that are driving America with the people who are in the driver's seats. So, head over to your favorite podcast app, hit subscribe, strap in, and be prepared for some wild food takes like Rand Paul and his grand mayonnaise conspiracy. Again, that's Breaking Boundaries with Brad Palumbo, available in your favorite podcasting app today. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Kenny Cody. And I must say here, as we do uh, conclude, thank you, Kenny, sincerely for doing this part two. Uh, as uh, the audio issues we had there the first time, as I discussed at the beginning of the uh, the show, uh, held us back. And, and you know, it's funny how it ends up being a blessing in disguise because ended up we had a lot more topical information that happened between the first time we recorded and today uh, being the 22nd when we recorded. Uh, well, rather, that is the 21st we recorded and airs here the 22nd, that is. Um, so it gave us a week more of us. Uh, some stuff to, to percolate behind the scenes with with Trump leaving the White House and really the uh, the next step. So thank you, Kenny, for uh, for being flexible and uh, thank you for uh, for helping me as I deal with my uh, technological ineptitudes. So uh, with that being said, folks, uh, again we had a fantastic week here on the Brian Nichols Show. On Monday we were joined by Ermaya Fernayan. We discussed the pink pistols out there in uh, in Utah and the topic armed queers don't get bashed yes focusing on the second amendment rights for those in the LGBT community on Wednesday Brady Leonard as I mentioned on the No Gimmicks podcast yours truly discussing the future of liberty and then here today our conversation with Kenny Cody coming up here next week what do we have in store for you well first and foremost we are starting things early that's right 2022 is just around the corner and I am joined by Pennsylvania libertarian gubernatorial candidate Joe Solosky and uh, what a fantastic conversation with Joe talking about how we as libertarians here in the great state of Pennsylvania can actually go ahead and win as, uh, you know, not only libertarians, but selling the ideas of liberty to folks and making them long-lasting libertarians and a great chance for Joe to uh, start his candidacy here as he moves forward. Uh, That focusing on, uh, yes, trying to defeat the duopoly. Coming up here on uh, Wednesday, that is Brad Leo Lyon. He is uh, the director of such films as Little Creeps, Monsters of Main Street, and uh, Thursday uh, Thursday the 12th, that is, but he is joining us here on the show to discuss his brand new film Let's Party, a new film being made as a definitive rebuttal to the tired adage that supporting third parties is a wasted effort. So uh, Brad joins the show to discuss his amazing new film. And then on Friday, we are joined by a phenomenal panel of uh, guests uh, returning, Aaron Hamlin from the Center for Election Science and Kyle Bailey joining us. He's from Maine, uh, focusing on ranked choice voting versus approval voting, talking about the merits of both, but also by and large talking about the need uh, to have electoral reform across the board. So uh, three great episodes you guys have in store coming up here next week. So make sure you don't miss a single episode. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. And uh, when every single episode airs Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Make sure it's popping up on your podcast catcher. Uh, hit that notification button. And uh, folks, if you are uh, enjoying what you're getting here at the Brian Nichols Show, we don't charge you a thing. All I ask is that, you, number one, you, you tell some family and friends, share the show. Go ahead and while you do share the show, uh, tag me at Liberty, Twitter, Facebook, and Minds.com, RIP Parlor. Um, but also, number two, if you do enjoy the show, Please, go out of your way. Just do a quick rating and review. It costs you less than five minutes, and and honestly, that can be one of the biggest things you do in terms of actually helping support the show, because as we get more five-star ratings and reviews, more and more folks will go ahead and uh, go and subscribe, number one, to The Brian Nichols Show, but share the show with family and friends, because they're saying, hey, why are folks subscribing themselves? Why are they uh, members of The Brian Nichols Show audience? I ask you guys, tell them why you have become members of The Brian Nichols Show audience, and with that being said... 
Here is one of our awesome uh, reviews from Falling Asleep. It was a sleep, like sheep sleep. Ha, <laughs> see what they did there? Just didn't know it yet. I think it was 2005 when one of my former bosses used the line, you're a libertarian, you just don't know it yet on me. Et voila, the seed was planted. Wow, five years later, and my recent self-assessment is that I'm pretty sure I'm a libertarian, so going to roll with it in this election. I really love the show. Found Brian Nichols in Wall episode 456, Political Conversations When We Disagree, and found his shared insights were most aligned with the key ideas within my own inner monologue, building bridges for positive effectiveness and influence, overall anti-snarkiness. Thanks. Looking forward to tuning in more and supporting the show. Thank you for that five-star rating and review. And folks, if you want to go ahead and hear your rating and review here on The Brian Nichols Show, all you have to do is five-star rating and review. Apple Podcasts, folks, I appreciate all the support and love you guys give me. And also, if you want to go ahead and say hi, email me, brian at briannicholsshow.com, or you can go ahead and, again, follow me on Twitter or DM me on Twitter at bnicholsliberty. That's where I'm most active, but also minds.com and Facebook. So, guys, with that being said, as we had here in store for this week, in store next week, like I said, a lot of great podcasts so make sure you don't miss a single episode. Hit subscribe and make sure you're strapping in for three phenomenal episodes with three phenomenal guests. So with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Kenny Cody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.